0: Hi and welcome to Dynamics Update. This time we will be chatting a bit about version 10.0.27 and as usual I have Gustav Sundblad by my side to help me, lead me through this. Hi Gustav.
1: Hello everyone. thank you and good evening. Good evening. So uh, how have you been since last time? Uh, I've been great, thanks. It's uh, warming up the summer here in Sweden so uh, it's, um, days are getting longer and warmer which is always a good thing so... Uh... Uh, I think this is. Um, speaking of summer, this is the last release before um, summer pause, right? Or is it there one in July as well?
0: Uh, no. So this is. Uh, I think this is the last one before summer. Yeah.
1: So vacation release. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. 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 Always good. Uh, all right. So uh, what do you say? Let's get started, right? Sure.
1: Do you want to go start? Go
0: first. Uh, yes, I can go first. I, I have a fairly uh, simple one, but very important one, <laughs> and that has to do with keyboard shortcuts. Uh, I like when we don't have to use the mouse uh, and that we can actually work uh, using keyboard shortcuts instead. Yeah. So, what they've done in this version is that they have standardized. Uh, keyboard interaction for combo boxes and lookup controls which means that you can basically it gets more easy to just tab through a form and fit it in and handle like the drop downs and lookups and so on
1: yeah and it's like aligned with the other products in 365 right i think it's um, it's pretty cool i I think still um, a lot of people were really like super fast working in forms previously in the 2012 clients i I had a, a colleague and a friend, x 4 This is a very long time ago, but he was like super fast, and he he made it like you like you. He made it a, a thing to never use the mouse, right? He only used <laughs> the keyboard to do all that stuff. So he called it googling when you did Control G to kind of bring up the search tool. Um, and a lot of people and a lot of, kind of like users of Dynamics were super efficient in, in entering data very very fast. And that was like the big question when moving to to cloud and moving to the web client that, oh, now it takes so long to enter my data into the form. Yeah, it did. And and of course, you lost some efficiency there if you built your efficiency around how fast you're able to record data into the interface. Uh, That's true. But uh, I mean, now it's if... That like transitioning from system of record to system of intelligence that we've spoken about before. It's like if your if your business efficiency relies on how fast your users can enter data into the well ERP system, then I think you have an issue that you need to look at. Um, but it's so it's more about like fluency and and um, that it makes sense and alignment with other products makes a lot of sense. That if I press enter. It actually opens the drop down list and doesn't save the record as it does in like CE. Um, well, so it makes a lot of sense, I think, uh, but more to like make your day a little bit better, not specifically like increase the performance for you.
0: Yeah and and I mean th- that was basically the discussions already on, on AX2012 mm-hmm. that AX2012 was really sl- much slower than than AX2009 <laughs> and that a lot of customers have have put a lot of effort and and time and money into speeding up the UI for both AX2012 and AX2009 Yeah exactly and I I actually had a customer who was who was uh, Thinking about uh, when we planned their, their migration to uh, FNO, they actually said that we have uh, like people just receiving orders in, in one of our offices and uh, they are really, really fast. We'll spend a lot of time uh, slipstreaming their process in entering orders and so on. Mm. And uh, so, what I, I actually said to customers, it, it didn't end up happening because I think that they actually found the ui okay uh, <laughs> yeah. en- enough so <clears throat> but what i actually said was that if you have this kind of of uh, requirements then maybe you should have like a, a different uh, a different ui to enter your orders i mean we we have for instance we have the POS uh, UI that yeah. we use in a store because that is much more convenient for how we do things in a store. Yeah, absolutely. maybe we should have like a, a dedicated order form applications where we just just uh, merge in in orders really really fast, mm. and that isn't requiring all of the uh, underlying logic and and all of that. We can maybe we can slim that down uh, into a minimum, and and once we're done. We get an order that is actually pushed through an integration into FNO instead of of using the actual FNO UI instead.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's a, that's a, a good um, good example, and I think that's like one use case for Power Apps, where you uh, just to simplify a data capture scenario. You don't, you can still you can still like build on top of the data validation and security that that occurs, but you don't necessarily need to have that specific form. In that, it, I need to enter this and this and this value, and then I'm done. That's what you need, to, and it needs to be fast, like customer service scenarios or like different like data capture scenarios that's where you really can make a use case for a power app because you can simplify the input and just like three big form uh, three big um, like data entry and then just one big green button submit and then you carry on uh, so a number of those cases but it should it shouldn't be um, that if dynamics 365 form is not fast enough for you you need to customize it or fix it and then there should be better options for you if that data capture is a good scenario so Nice to see that alignment is, is occurring here, but um, and the new um, grid is also a, a nice feature there, right? Um, on like the speed at least, um, where you can enter data and, and work with data faster than you could before.
0: Yeah, and, and I think one option here as well is is uh, is uh, custom uh, forms and cu- custom like workspaces. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, if if you have an order. If you have a generic order form, you have multiple things that needs to be filled in. Maybe you can create, instead of creating one generic order form, you can actually create four different order forms where you have a lot of presets already pushed in. So if you are taking an order for this kind of, of customer, then you use this form and there you already have a lot of things pre-filled in because you al- always know that this is always the way it should be. Yeah. and and that makes the, f- the process even even easier.
1: Yeah, absolutely, I agree.
0: And especially, I mean, also having a dedicated order input form where you actually can hide a lot of the controls and, and make it much more, uh, much yeah, it's stream- simpler. It's
1: streamlined, right? It's streamlined to, to fit your needs. I think that makes it, you have a number of options available to, to fit those needs and, and it doesn't have to be like, how fast can I press tab here <laughs> to, in, to jump through my data? Um, all right, cool. My first topic here, not in any specific order, but the way I, I found them in, in docs, uh, it's an electronic reporting improvement, um, specifically where you can set up um, a destination and you can connect it to print management, which is kind of nice because you might have a scenario, the one they, they, they described, but it's a good fit where you like send an electronic invoice somewhere to destination, but you also want to print A local copy, uh, save it to archive, or well, or actually do a physical print of it as well. That might make sense. And I've seen a number of fiscal scenarios where you actually need to send a copy somewhere electronically to a fiscal reporting agency somewhere, but you also need to print it and send it to your actual customer to be paid. Um, And it kind of simplifies that then, where you can do both, and you can you can connect electronic reporting with print management. destinations, which is quite cool. And it uh, that's the feature that's coming now in, in 10.27. But it made me kind of think and realize I clicked down all each links here. And ER has really come a long way since it was um, implemented. And I realized I personally need to spend some more time looking into it. And I know I have colleagues, of course, that are experts in this that I can just reach out to. But it's really um, a nifty framework. You worked a little bit with it before, right?
0: uh yeah not that much but but the the thing that i i normal normally tell people is that i think that it would probably be a good idea to use it more extensively because you i mean it is a very generic framework where you can build a lot of of custom layouts and invo- and and it, all of those things. So Yeah,
1: exactly. And I usually just scroll, by because for each of these um, release updates that we do, uh, you scroll through all and read through all like the uh, documented coming features and updates of this specific version. And, and ER is always there. It's always like uh, this in this um, country-specific tax reporting format that is being used, because as you usually say, standard, standards are good. Everyone should have a standard. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I think that's been the same way all around the world, that everyone has their own standard, of course, for tax reporting and reporting to uh, governments. And um, and I only always speed by those because it's like, yeah, okay, this in this format. But it makes sense every release, um, well, to, to comply with um, well, legal demands. Uh, it seems to be very um, extensive. Uh, so I, I, will, I will look into it a little bit more so and test it a little bit more so I know it more how it works.
0: Yep. Uh and, and as I said, I've said before, I also think it's quite important to understand how these um these templates work because yeah, exactly. I think that it's it's very easy for us as implementers and for application consultants and 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 us and who works every day, we create like a, a way of working. This is how we're doing things, and this is how we have always done things, mm. and we do it that way. And that might actually end up breaking, like electronic reporting, for instance. Because um, I know, for instance, if you look in the uh, in the built-in BI reports, mm. there are some hard-coded values when it comes to to um, uh, account categories. Mm. Which is actually not changeable, or they weren't when I looked into them last time, which means that if you use your own account categories, you won't be able to use the built in b i because uh, okay. you can change them and and i mean you i I know we had a discussion for a customer when we ended up in a sort of a similar situation with a with a uh, case where we had for instance uh, Norwegian tax returns. Mm. And because we had set things up in a certain way in the system, we weren't able to out of the box use the electronic reports because we we had changed things that that made the reports not show the the correct values, which is also an important part.
1: Yeah, that's very good. All right, so my next one, let me check. Um, well, there's the number. Uh, the number of smaller. Um, Once this time, one of uh, my favorites is a little um, periodic task. It's called the populate product attribute values Um, with a lot with product information and dynamics uh, recently and and historically as well. And this is just a nice little nifty feature too. it's a new periodic task. It creates missing product attribute values uh, value records actually for attributes when you associate um, attributes to a product via the category. So a lot of stuff is usually, you know, the Dynamics uses as, as the um, category hierarchies a lot, uh, where you can uh, predefine a number of values only based on the product category. So you can save a lot of data um, entering and reuse um, reuse values that are the same for each product within that category. And this is just a little nice housekeeping task that, that runs and populates Stuff to products when you update um, the values on the category, but you don't necessarily update. You want to update the attributes on the products themselves as well. It's been solved by customization and other other solutions before, but now it's just schedule the periodic task, and then your product information will be uh, consistent if you change the attribute values and you rely on inheritance from your product categories.
0: Yes, yes, that's that's cool. Okay, so my next one is is. Um... Just to highlight um, one thing in general, uh, the feature that I'm talking about is is, um, optimization of the UI. Mm -hmm. In this case, it has to do with um, loading action center notifications. And that seems like a a fairly tiny thing. Uh, I mean, it's not that um, critical, maybe. (laughs) But uh, what I would like to highlight here is actually that this actually means that uh, Microsoft are making improvements to performance, mm-hmm. so that's I, I I would like to highlight that because we we are working a bit with with performance and and I really really think that it's important that if you have performance issues. And you sort of think that they are not your fault. You think that they are Microsoft's fault. Mm-hmm. It's important that you you highlight them because I I think that Microsoft is, is extremely interested in actually fixing those kinds of issues yeah. because in a like this kind of SaaS hosted situation, uh, fixing it for one customer actually means that we are fixing it for every single customer and not just for for one. Exactly. So it's it 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 makes much more it it has a much more uh, higher synergy if we can fix it now than it had in for instance AX2012
1: yeah absolutely that's a very very good uh, improvement and, and the, the more uh, people like start using these things as early, early as possible then you get a lot of um, feedback and telemetry as well so kind of improving because performance is a really hard thing to to uh, say that it has to be like this uh, it's always relying on a number of different factors so the more telemetry you get and the more um, the better it gets. Yep.
0: All right, so uh, your next one.
1: Uh, I have another improvement to my little favorite topic here, the um, inventory visibility add-in. Um, it's been discussed a little bit before, but this is another uh, enhancement to it where with uh, kind of ring, ring fencing and inventory allocation, it just brings in the functionality to to uh, partition your on hand when it comes to using the, the external microservice um, inventory visibility. To kind of say, let's say the most common scenario is that you have an e-com warehouse and you have a physical or you have a like normal warehouse for your stores. And then they have an e-com warehouse where you uh, reserve a specific set, a specific percentage of your on-hand stock to be sold on e-com. And you can do this, solve this in a number of ways with a number of external solutions. But this is a way to to ring fence. Uh, it doesn't have to be a physical Warehouse or a physical uh, like segmented area where you put the stuff. It's just uh, in the system you define this um, this particular set of stock is um, ring fenced or pre allocated uh, to whatever channel you decide, and you can set up the inventory visibility to when it, to either be like a hard deny when you get the demand request. A demand request here would be like a sale coming from an external source or just an on hand check coming from an external source when that ring fenced or allocated portion of your inventory has reached zero or has been like fully reserved it will either deny or go over to your like um, you can set up a hierarchy as well to say that okay when e-com is sold out uh, where it's been fully allocated then you can then you can start to allocate towards your normal warehouse which is also a very common scenario so it's a it's another feature to the visibility app where you can define and set the number of like ring fencing and um, allocation components so it's really nice uh, but then you still of course need to make sure that that is translated into your to ERP um, when the orders come in. Cool uh, yes so
0: so my next one is actually not a feature uh, it is, it is uh, something that happened when, when uh, Microsoft re- released 10.0.26 and that means is that uh, I've been talking a lot about the PEAP program, the, the preview program mm. for Dynamics, that I think that everyone should have a tiny preview environment that is actually one um, version ahead, so that you can actually verify your um, like, uh, processes, you can verify specific things in, in that, uh, that update version that is coming if you if you have the time of course it it is sort of resource requirement requiring but uh what will happen now is that Microsoft will actually open up the preview program to be open to all customers so you don't have to be uh in the preview program anymore you will still be able to see the preview releases in your asset library in LCS mm. meaning that that you you can actually Without without being part of the pre- preview program, get get access to them, and that's I think that's uh... yeah, that's
1: really really cool. Um, the question is, will we get another column now in, in the update documentation that you have. Now we have preview and we have GA. <laughs> Maybe we get a preview, preview, and then preview and then GA. But yeah,
0: um... so so I think this will actually. Um supersede the the preview so this will be with the preview exactly so it will yeah, just yeah.
1: the preview will be um available earlier for you that's good yes that clarifies and, and a little. That... that makes simplifies a little bit
0: <laughs> yes and that also makes it a bit easier because before you had to import it into uh, into your personal asset library yeah. and then move it from your personal asset library into the customers or into your
1: organizations as asset libraries and you and you had to actually sign up to be part of the pf program as well which is um, and i think that we we pushed for that as well before because it's i mean the earlier you can test things the the more telemetry to microsoft to kind of to improve as well uh, but it does require like a commitment that you actually do it now um, I would guess that it's deemed to be so stable that you can do. It. It's still the same. Like preview is preview. Um, if you're if you run into any business critical business outages, it's not. It's on you basically. It's on you to make sure that it's um, it's fit for, for production um, from an SLA perspective. But I mean, the earlier you can get these things, and the more test data they get, it's it's only a good thing. I would I would argue.
0: Yes. So so that's the important part in this is is that it is actually not fit for. Production exactly. So you should you shouldn't release it into your production environment. It's for testing and yeah. only for testing. So exactly that's important. But uh, what will also happen uh, through this is that um, the Yammer groups will open up to everyone. So yeah. you don't have to as uh, you don't have to be assigned to the Yammer groups anymore. So you can just go there and and which I recommend to every single person. You should be there uh, because if First of all, you get access to product team members, which you don't get access to throw through through support. You get also get access to a lot of consultants, which are really really helpful and can actually put point you in the right direction if if you are having an issue or if you would like to know how has this been done before. Do you yeah. know anyone who is doing this and and what was your issues? Which is really really useful. I can really
1: really recommend it. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great forum. It really goes to show when I mean the power of everyone being on nearly the same version, at least the same platform, and and staying on top of it. It's really uh, it's really cool to see. And at the least, you you can get like an email summary to see what's being discussed right now. So you, I I completely agree. Join those Yammer groups because the more people are there, the better um, we can catch whatever's going on. That's really cool.
0: Yeah, and. And also, I mean, they were meant for previews, but but a lot of the questions I see there are actually for released versions as well. Yeah, so absolutely. that's also
1: important. Yeah, a number of like a number of the uh, larger features are already released. So I mean, if there are new features coming, it's, it goes to show that you need to understand the base functionality as well. So it's a lot of um, ongoing discussions that are relevant to, to everyone and and you can
0: often get a much easier explanation of things there than you can do in in uh, <laughs> in, <docs. laughs> in, in the docs yeah, for instance exactly. but but one thing that that will not change is uh, the first release program because before we've had a tier bef- between the regular GA release mm. and the preview release meaning we have customers who are in a first release program meaning that they are basically Uh, running in production what from our perspective is a preview preview. yeah Yeah. Uh, and and that uh, ensures that once it goes into GA we actually know that there aren't any big big issues with it so and that will stay in place the same as before so you will need if you if you are interested, interested in going with the first release program you will still need to um, ask ask to be brought into that. Okay, Gustav. So, uh, what's uh, your final one then?
1: My final one is the smallest one as well. It's uh, it's been brought up before. It's um, the addition of Google Pay to the uh, payment, the standard payment connector that relies on ADN uh, but it's like every release, we add some new. <laughs> at, at some point, we need to start. Um, we'll stop adding payment methods for every consumer out there. <laughs> there are too many of them already now with Samsung and Google Pay. But um, as they come in, they are being added and they are being released. So uh, have a look what is supported right now. if you're, And try to make use of standard connectors as much as possible to not have to build uh, on your own. But uh, that's my final one. Just a small edition of Google Pay.
0: Okay. Okay yes so uh, with that I think we are actually done for today so um, until the next episode have a nice day
1: bye-bye have a nice day thank you all bye-bye